0: Fired up this evening, it's amazing. They're amazing. Gonna talk a lot of shit for no reason. No
1: matter what, you never take them off air. They're broadcasting live from the U C L. It's amazing, it's so amazing.
2: Welcome to the Point of Difference podcast. I'm your host and coach of the Terrace Crew, Matt Ricks. A new theme tune for this week's pod, and we'll get to that, get to why, very, very soon. Finally, super coaches were delivered some respite in round three with improved scores across the board for some of the game's biggest players. It was a round full of exciting finishes, brain snaps, and a few upsets. Emerging superstar Nico Hines stamped himself as this season's scariest prospect for non-owners, Smashing out a monstrous 124 on a biblical night down in the gong. Tonight we'll discuss how damaging it could be not to have him in your side and what you can do to take him on if his price tag is just too much to bear. We have a really, really big show tonight. Uh, We have a very, very special guest related to the new theme tune uh, who we'll get to shortly. We'll have updates on our Queenstown bet, pod versus template teams, a recap on our day out. At the Storm versus Eels match, my burgeoning rivalry with Tubes, all of the team news, strategy talk, and our new popular segment, Who Would You Rather is Back? <sighs> Can we fit all of that in? Probably not, but we'll give it a go. Righto, let's get straight into the guests. So, first up tonight, he's a man from Canberra, uh, currently sitting inside the top 3K. It's coach of the big dogs, Jono. Jono, welcome to the Pod Pod. <laughs>
0: Matt tubes thanks for having me on. Looking forward to talking a bit of Supercoach with you for the next hour or so. Um, a group that many are calling the Trebojevich brothers of NRL Supercoach U three. So really good to be here.
2: What's your uh, What's your relationship with the game, Jono? How long you been playing for, and uh, and what you know? What's your kind of specialty for Supercoach, I suppose?
0: I think I've been playing it since it started. I don't think I've missed a year. Um, I'd say I'm definitely more head-to-head focused than the three of you guys who I know come from a more overall perspective. I've got my my cashier, which is my big priority that I look at each and every week trying to get to the top of that.
2: Very, very good. Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit of head-to-head tonight and, and throughout the year we'll, we'll, we'll probably get you back on for a bit more detail around head-to-head, especially towards finals. Uh, but it's good to get a bit of that insight. Our next guest is... Third place overall finisher in 2014, coach of the Casabonitas, and newly minted netball England netball international. Some might say the Jack Reed of the netball world. It's Dan Ricks.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's the first time I've been compared to Jack Reed. I'm not I'm not that happy about it, <laughs> uh, to be honest. But yeah, all pretty pretty good on my end. Uh, just gone on six-week paternity leave which is quite nice as well so i uh, oh, might have beauty. to duck off duck off to see the baby from time to time but uh yeah still looking forward to the podcast i think i had another parish score uh this week um uh, missing a few not really losing cash but certainly missing out on a couple of the the key cheapies who you know if you've bought them in well done they scored gun gun like scores this week uh but i've missed out on a few of those but Still, still optimistic. Still going up the ladder.
2: Yeah, it's um, it was a real hit or miss for cheapies this week. Some some real big splashes were made, and some some fell straight in the puddle. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to a few of those. Speaking of puddles, it's coach of the fifty one thousandth placed <laughs> overall team Tubes <laughs> as Pods and current Ethan Bullymore owner. It's Tubes.
1: Get <laughs> him, <G'day>, man. <laughs> I'm um. I've just literally been spending my time reminiscing, going through like every other season to see if I've ever had a worse start to the season, and it's not even close. I've never been outside the top ten thousand by the third round, and I'm fifty one thousandth this year. As you uh, decided to. <laughs> you know, kick a man while he's down, but um, I'm all good. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go tonight. I'm happy to have uh, uh, Grazi along. So, Jono, uh, for, for those that uh, – it hasn't been mentioned yet, but that intro theme song actually came from the Tubes and Grazi radio show uh, at our, back in our university days and little-known fact that Tubes and Grazi was the highest-rated radio show of all time. <laughs> At UCFM. Um, <laughs> it only aired three times, but uh, very high ratings.
0: Jeeves can I just jump in and say that I remember the day we found out we were the top rated show at the time in UCFM history, and we were pumped until we found out that meant an online stream of 18 people.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, we'll edit that. That little comment
3: out,
1: John. <laughs> <is, laughs> highest rated show. We were really the Hamish and Andy of 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 um, <laughs> of,
3: of the uh, university circuit of the university circuit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so looking forward to having you on uh, and uh, and and getting into it tonight.
2: Right. Let's uh, let's kick off Dan with a bit of a Queenstown bet update. I believe we made a little bit of ground on uh, on Poppy and Tubes this week.
3: Yeah, a little bit of a comeback. I think it was looking. Very, very shaky early on in the in the round with uh, Poppy Ricks absolutely smashing it early on. I think he had a pretty terrible sa- uh, Sunday playing Bullymore, uh, so that sort of roped us back in. And uh, by the looks of it, I think you've captained uh, Cami Munster, uh, even though you weren't sure Bang. you did that on the weekends. But, uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> 120 points, not too bad. So we've gone to uh, we had a score of 1,200. Uh, and the tubes and poppy led other team had a score of eleven seventy three. So we've we've dragged it back in, and they only lead by about fifty points now. That's
2: good. We're catching up. It was lucky it wasn't a combined score tubes. That's all I can say.
3: <laughs> Quick shout out to
2: the uh, the pod pod overall group. We've had a few new entries in lately. Um, one who's actually just come in after the weekend's round. But um, we've got um, coach of the. So let me grab this up quickly. Oh, sorry, before I get to that, I just wanted to give a shout out to the entire group for the pod pod. We're actually up to the thirteenth ranked group overall in Supercoach up twenty one plot spots this week. So uh, we might be chasing that wow. that title. i didn't even I didn't even realize we were anywhere near it,
3: but anyway, um,
2: Jeez, but the, the listeners
3: the- are really dragging us along, aren't they?
2: Yeah, are they what? Um, but uh, top of the top of the pod pod group, we got the Rudy Duties Robert. Uh, I think Robert's only just joined the group, but he's overall rank of two hundred and seventy, which is an excellent effort. And second place in the group is coach of the Slack Attack, Chris, who's ranked very respectable five hundred ninety seventh. So a couple of really good high rankings in the group, and it's not too late to join. The code is seven three two six five four. Um, yeah, so get along. Righto. Now Tubes and Jono, we are. We had you down in Melbourne for the weekend, Tubes. Uh, Sorry, Jono. And we actually went out to the game, Storm and Eels. And what a game it was to go to.
0: It was my first time going to Amy Park and my first time going to a Melbourne Storm game. And Tubes had said to me on the way down, he said, be prepared for the Melbourne Storm fans. They are quite unique. (laughs) Uh, And it is nice to know that the, the game of rugby league is alive for the Bogans of Melbourne. I know that AFL tends to take a more upper class market. So it was nice to see the game thriving down there.
2: It was quite something to behold, the standoff between the Eels fans. We sat right in the corner, right opposite the away support, and Tubes it was fair to say it was fairly, uh, fairly fiery there.
1: Yeah, it was a great atmosphere. I mean, there was probably only about a thousand Eels fans there, but they were right across from us, and, uh, yeah, we certainly had some lively, nipple-ringed, tattooed <laughs> uh, uh, Melbourne Storm fans really trying to, you know, get stuck into those Parramatta Eel fans. So it was nice and fun to watch. It was it was a wave of uh, of emotions though the day. So was it what the day started? We we went to the Duke to watch the Knights v Penrith game, and I forgot to. Make a trade. I was thinking of bringing in Cam Munster and moving Kurt Mann down to my center wing spot. But, uh, and and I wasn't going to play Kurt Mann. And you could not have found a happier man in the world when Kurt Mann just looked like uh, a man possessed. In those final forty minutes,
2: you're um, a man possessed. You're a man possessed cheering him on.
1: You were going oh, off your head. <laughs> I was going off my head for his eighty six points, and I was loving it. Um, and so I'm thinking, oh, how good's this? So, you know, I'd, I made the mistake, forgot to bring in Munster. I'm up and about, thinking at least I played man, etc. And then we get to the Melbourne game, um, and I thought it was. I thought it was very nice. Some of the conversations that we were having, Matt, between it's very pleasant. Yeah, me, you, and Jono. Where you basically, at the very beginning of the game, while Munster was on a measly twenty, you had declared to Jono and I that uh, your Starling trade, which meant that you dropped Dylan Brown at the beginning of the year had ruined your super coach season and it was over before it began.
2: I was questioning I was questioning how I was going to get through the year on the pod with my team going to be traveling so poorly. <laughs>
1: and then a text message comes through from Dan on on WhatsApp be, but because your internet wasn't working in the stadium for some reason internet doesn't work at Amy Park Dan comes through and goes oh Matt well done captaining Munster and you <laughs> hadn't even realized that you'd captained him because you didn't even get the chance to change it because of the internet and and you've just completely lucked out
2: i thought i had the vc on him but it's um, yeah and that 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 put me in a very good mood after that like john i said it was a, it was a wave of emotions. Um thought I was gone, then I was completely back and yeah, and I rode that actually for the rest of the weekend and I was a bit down because early Katoa I'd brought him in and he'd only got twenty and got his HIA and Yeah, but anyway, but it was um it was good. Like you weren't too happy with me calling Josh King Jing though.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. We won't go into it, but Jing <laughs>
0: It's rubbish. it's catching on online, Matt. I've seen a few people using Jing versus Ming. It's it's catching on. <laughs>
2: Jing and Ming is, the, is the, new, the new phrases for those two players. You need a, if you're need you not relevant in Supercoach until you've got a Supercoach nickname. And those boys will, from here on out, be called by me, Jing and Ming.
1: But it was an awesome game of football. Uh, we must have had about six tries scored right in front of us. And, geez, Dylan Brown looked good in the flesh. Uh, mm-hmm. you, I'm looking at him coming straight into the tubes pods this week after seeing his demolition.
2: Speaking of looking good, what about IPAP? Oh, my God. So good.
1: That that hair glistened in the Amy Park Sun. (laughs) It was unbelievable. It was just back and shoulders
2: for days, like shoulders to Africa. (laughs) Not to mention the
0: the legs on the man. Like, honestly, he was down the other end of the field. His legs were huge.
1: (laughs) There was a comment there where I thought Matt Matt said he looked a little bit like Fafita. He was that big.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez. We haven't got it. You know, we haven't got the, we haven't got to firm all yet. You know that.
3: The uh, I was very impressed. Obviously, the Supercoach School reflected it, but Cammy Munster uh, looks looks like he's taken over the, um, the sort of dominant half role there. Unfortunately for Jerome Hughes owners, uh, I think if he stays fit and on the park, he'll be he'll be eighty eighty five plus average for the year.
2: Just on Munster, Dan, I was just having a bit of a, a skip through the um, NRL Supercoach stats site earlier. And um, Cameron Munster is actually on the top list of base plus power stats. He's averaging now 60 in his two games for base plus power. Like that's insane for a 5'8".
3: Yeah, um, um, unbelievable.
2: Just so many so many tackle busts. Um, and, and, you know, you think the Storm will get better. So I'm very happy sitting my team so far. Uh, But, yeah, all in all, it was a really, really great day out. Tubes, I know you weren't too happy, though, with the public transport at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, I just think Melbourne needs to sort its public transport system out. (laughs) I I haven't been to many AFL games, and I'm sure it might be a little bit different for their beloved sport, but we must have been waiting half an hour there for a tram Tram finally turns up after the game. And they know the game's ending. They know there's X thousand people leaving the ground. Tram finally turns up um, after half an hour of waiting and it's full and it just drives straight past us. Um, so we just get on the bike and start walking. Um, and
2: um, We got on the yeah. bike and started walking? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a
2: metaphorical
1: <laughs>
0: bike. <laughs> a little early tubes is tired there. I love it.
2: Yeah, well, we'll see what we will see what we got. I've, I've heard a little whisper that, there might be a bit of a spin on tubes of tirade tonight, so we'll, we'll, we'll eagerly look forward to that later in the pod.
1: Oh.
2: Let's get on to team list now. So we've got a big round round four ahead of us this week. Kicking off Thursday night from Sebus Super Stadium, Uh, This has got to be one of the worst Thursday night games I can remember, but I'll watch all of it anyway. Titans versus Tigers. So we've got um, Phil Sammy and Jaden Campbell are out with ribs and COVID respectively. Corey Thompson or Corey Podson is back and Jermaine Asako debuts at fullback filling in for Campbell. It will be very interesting to see how he goes. Tua Lagi is back starting, which is an excellent result for his owners who have held. Uh, Should be primed to make a bit of cash now. And Kenny Mormalo Kenny and James Roberts return as well for the Tigers. Um, poor old Big Stefano has been a bit of a nightmare for his owners. He's out with syndesmosis for what looks like a medium-term injury. Right. This is, despite not being the best game, a highly, highly relevant supercoach fixture. Dan, I'll start with you. Um, I know you... Uh, having a good look at Tuolagi last week. Is he someone that you'll be considering this week?
3: Yeah, definitely. He's not in my side. He's probably in a fair few super coach sides already, but if he isn't, I'd probably be looking looking to bring him in. 250K, he uh, seems to have locked up that second row starting spot, you know, having the week off, uh, obviously no one else impressed, So he should be getting big minutes on the edge there. I tried to work it out whether you know, I think he's going to be a bit of a slow burn maybe in the next six to eight rounds. He may make you 150 to 200 K. Uh, and that's really without going, you know, berserk in any of those rounds too much. So yeah, he's definitely coming into my side.
2: Jono, uh, a man who I know you have very, very pleased owner is Bo Fermor He's, he's really on the radar this week after a big 89 versus Canberra. Um, Obviously, you're feeling pretty comfortable. Um, if he wasn't in your side, is he something? Is he someone you'd be bringing in this week?
0: I think I'd be moving things to get him if I didn't have him, to be honest, Matt. I think uh, he's a year-long centre-wing keeper. He's going to bring you a, a kind of a basement of probably 38 to 40 points. Plus, he actually looks genuinely good at football this year. Like I remember two years ago when he first came in, he was a bit of a, a cheapy option then, but he was very hit and miss with the on-the-field gear. This year, he's looked unbelievable. I actually... Don't hate that you've said that he reminds you of feeder a couple of times. He looks massive out on that, on that left edge and he's, he just runs hard at the line every time. So I think if people don't have him, I think you just get him. He's not going to play origin and he sits in your team in the centre wing for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm grappling with bringing him in this week. In my first cut of trades, I had him. Um, in my current set, I don't and it's it's really bugging me. He's, he's obviously underpriced with the way he's playing. He looks great. Um, as you say, I, I actually can't believe how good he looks. He looks big, strong, fast, really good at footy, and that's the type of guy that I want to be bringing into my side, not guys who I think, you know, my Eli Katoa's from last week, even though I don't, I don't think Eli Katoa's a bad player. Um, Fermor just looks looks like he's locked that 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 left side down. So, yeah, it's, it's, he's just a little bit of an awkward price. Tubes?
1: He's a mental health trade for me this week, Matt? Um, I came to the realization when I was awake <laughs> on Saturday night laying in bed that I can't watch another a, another Titans game this year with Fafita on the right. And by Sunday morning, I'd come up with the solution and that's get Bo firma. And then when they go on left, I've still got someone to cheer for rather than just getting angry about why David Fafita isn't out on that left edge.
2: Yeah, Dan, I'm, I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on um you know, you're obviously going to have to make probably more than one trade to get to Firmer. Is uh, I think I think it's worth us all kind of spending a little bit of time on him just because I think he's such an important um, buy or not buy this week.
3: Yeah, the the center wing is center wing jewel is the big thing for me, Firmer. Say he's only second row forward. Uh, his base stats I, I don't know, it's still three only three rounds in. Uh, it's still a little bit up in the air, and he's also had two tries and, a, and, a, and an assist, so obviously points are inflated. But the cash he's going to generate, even with a couple of sort of mid range scores, he's still looking at sort of 90,000 90, cash over the next two weeks. Uh, and if he turns into that sort of you know, fifty to sixty average center wing. As as Jono pointed out, you can just lock him away. So, I'd really like to bring him in. But there's a couple other guys that you know around that mid range price uh, that are certainly options to to take him on. Uh, I think Dom mentioned Dylan Brown, but uh, we'll we'll talk about him a bit more later on. What do you guys?
2: Um, I'll start with you first, Jono, then Tubes and Dan. What what do you guys see firmware averaging for the rest the rest of the season, uh, assuming? That he gets eighty every week if if fit and available. You know, he probably ends up averaging seventy-five if he gets an injury or something. But at uh, minutes that is. But what do you how many points, John O, do you see firmer averaging given that he's currently priced at a about a fifty?
0: I think what Dan said is is fairly achievable. I think kind of a fifty average would be his absolute basement, I think. I think it's likely to be higher up towards fifty-eight to sixty-two, where he's gonna have those weeks where he might get 40 points, but he's also going to have those weeks where he just does jag an attacking stat or a try or an assist, and, and that boosts him up well over that 60 mark. So I'd be hoping he's someone who could sit around that kind of 58 to 62 range, and I think that's kind of been safe with my prediction on that one.
2: Tubes, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, and I think he's more in the uh, – must have type category just because of that center wing factor. Like he's he's not a must have in the second row, but the fact he has a center wing and you and you sort of banking that um, consistency, I think is worthwhile.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I I, I think he's more on the lower end of the fifties. I think he'll average. So he's not he's not ridiculously, you know, underpriced at his uh, his current current value. Um, I think it's more just if you think you he, he can lock him away in that centre wing there and he, he gives you some options with the with the jewels as well. But, you know, two tries in three games, that's not going to happen every three games and he's averaging 67 at the moment. So I, I've got him at low 50s average for the, for the year.
2: Probably just a final comment on Firma is that he plays round 13. So there's an extra bit of usefulness there for mm. him as well. It, it, I don't know what you guys think, but I haven't heard a lot of chat about buy planning this year, which is strange because... I feel like that's all anyone used to talk about in terms of getting set up for round 13. Dan?
3: Yeah, I did a lot last year and it all fell apart really, really quickly. So I went – like I was thinking in round two, round three about the buyers trying to get, you know, 15, 16 players Uh, and it it didn't work out. Injuries, you know – just just players flopping. So I've, I've actually made a conscious effort not to even think about the buyers at the moment, uh, maybe worry about that uh, in three or four rounds time.
2: Jubes, you mentioned Dave Fafita before. Um, are you happy with his output, 72, with no major attacking stats? I think he had a line break. Um, he's obviously on the right. It's not the most pleasant to watch, but he did have 14 runs, which is fine. Um, you holding?
1: Definitely holding. Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, they, I'm happy with the score, happy with the 71, still plenty of upside if he starts getting more ball and more of those attacking stats for sure. It's just a, It's hard to watch, that's it's all.
3: It's coming. It's coming.
2: Yeah, look, it is it is hard to watch, but like 70s, geez, that's, that's pretty – even if he is 700 plus K, like if 70s is as bad as he's going to do, then –
1: it's – it's just, the hardest part is literally just – I mean, I don't have the stats, but it felt like every time they got into their 20, he never touched the ball. And it just feels like it could be like under sevens footy. Just give him the ball twice a set when they're 10 metres out and he's probably going to score – you know, once or twice a game.
3: I think Titans did did make a conscious effort to give him earlier ball. I think if they when they went to the right, they gave him that earlier ball. Uh, whoever was defending on him did really well. They sort of just grasped his legs. Jackie boy, um, yeah, and he Jackie wasn't what they weren't yeah, getting any really offloads. So, like that that was more promising uh, to see him get that earlier ball as well. Uh, so I think he's a, he's a definite hold. He's gonna he's gonna bust out some at least three or four hundred plus scores in the year. So stay strong.
2: Couple of um, A couple of guys who probably aren't really on the radar yet, Dan, but are worth a bit of a look. Jermaine Osako plays his first game for the Titans and Jock Madden uh, for the Tigers.
3: Yeah, well, obviously with Hastings out for three rounds, I think he's, he's probably going to slot straight back in. But I think uh, I, I didn't see a lot of that game, but by all reports, Jock Madden did pretty well. Um, his basement price might be one of those guys if he has another big score uh, and he's going to generate, you know, Early cash, you might be able to might be able to swap one of those other cheapy halves in for him, make a bit of bank, and then upgrade upgrade him uh, after that.
2: What did he score on the weekend? Roughly,
3: yeah. So he scored sixty three, which is decent for his first game. If he gets another decent score, he's going to go up uh, big. But I just just wait and hold for this week. Yeah, just just worth a watch. Could be a trap. Could be something. Uh, but he's obviously got a bit of a future.
2: Sharks fiend Knights is the second game. Uh, points-bet Stadium uh, for the Knights. Kalen Ponga named again this week. Hopefully he makes a return for them. Brody Jones comes in for Mitch Barnett, who had a shocking elbow on the weekend. Uh, I've seen a couple of uh, couple of uh, prominent pundits claim it was a an accident and uh, and more careless than reckless, but. Um, you know, this is something I don't think we want in rugby league, and you can't just go elbowing blokes in the park. We saw it live at the pub, um, but he's gone for at least a while. So Brodie Jones match comes ben. in. He Oof.
1: got six, did he? Just came through six match.
3: We well, did yeah, say right. to, did say for the for the listeners to take a flyer on him, and then uh, <laughs> then he's uh, he's he's done the old flying elbow straight to the jaw. So. <laughs> I, I, I
1: it was sound advice if you were going to get him in it had to be last week <laughs>
3: because you couldn't get him in now for six weeks being gone <laughs> definitely you, you wanted his minus 3 score it was a bit of a crystal ball I thought
2: <laughs> look we're not we're not the biggest podcast out there yet so I'm hopeful that no one listened to my suggestion to bring Mitch Barnett in and if they did I'm extremely extremely sorry
0: Matt, I think I this- Sorry, Matt. I think uh, when it happened, I think one of your first comments was, I'm going to cop it on the pod this week. I think immediately you were seeing the future in front of your eyes. Uh, it, was, it was quite fun to watch.
2: Yeah, what can I say? Look, it obviously – it could it can happen to anyone, but it's probably more likely to happen to some bloke like Mitch Barnett. But anyway, um, okay. we digress. Uh, for the Sharkies, Teague Wilton comes back in. He's got a big, break, big negative break-even this week, will be a popular target and – Uh, Talakai moves to the centres for poor Connor Tracy, who's out with a groin injury. There is only one place to start, I think, for Cronulla, and that is with Prince Nico Hines. 124, as I mentioned, in what can only be described as biblical conditions in Wollongong. Jono, he just looks um, imperious uh, to start the year playing that dominant role for the Sharkies.
0: Yeah, look, I think you guys would have been watching it much more carefully than me as as three Sharks fans, but he just looks so dominant with the ball in hand. He really has become that lead playmaker for them, which is something I thought he was going to lose this year, that he wouldn't be getting as many touches as what he is. I'm someone who laid Nico all of last year, did not ever have him on team. He lost me many a head-to-head. I'm not going to pick him up this year, and I can see the same thing happening again. So it's going to be very nervous watching how good Nico looks as a non-owner.
2: Tubes, his running game particularly is is looking quite devastating. He's racking up um, evasive stats, creative stats, and obviously going over for that try near the end really stung.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean it was great to watch. Uh me and you again were sitting there watching the, that game together and uh it really showed me how into Supercoach you are this year when you were when you were half cheering uh against the first Sharks try <laughs> just because it gave Nico some points in Supercoach, yeah. um compared to the, the the Sharks going over. But uh yeah, I think um it stings because I because I'd love to be cheering him on for Super Coach, but seven twenty four k now. Um, well done to those that have jumped on him already. Uh, I just can't see him being a trading target for me as a, and for those that possibly hold someone like Sam Walker, who the Roosters are about to go on a good run, and you're looking at potentially upgrading to a Nathan Cleary. My hope is there is some chatter around that he is a, he's a dominant wet ball player. He's he's there's a lot of talk about how good his hair is and how wet it always is, <laughs> and that may give him superhuman strength in the wet. Um, So back onto a dry track (laughs) may not suit. Onto a good three, he's more of a heavy ten player.
2: (laughs) It's just consistently a heavy ten in Sydney. Have you seen how much rain's up there this week?
1: Yeah, hopefully it's gonna be a heavy ten.
2: It's gonna be a heavy ten at Shark Park again on Thursday night.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, Twelve, sorry, seven percent. Another seven point one percent of super coaches, which is nine and a half thousand, have already bought him in as of Tuesday night this week. Dan, Joob's mentioned there that there might be a couple of strategies to take on Hines. Uh, I don't think you'd be bringing him in this week, would you?
3: No, I'd, I'd love him in the side. But with Cleary on the horizon, uh, I think I'm still going to hold on Cleary as well just given the sort of the attacking stats being dry this year. I think he's got a little bit of cash to lose. But if I, if I bring in Nico and then bump up to Cleary – it's going to take two trades so I, I just I'm going to let him go and just really hope for the best that Sammy Walker comes good for me uh, I think if you've got a, another half like a Jerome Hughes or something like that just from what I saw in the Melbourne Storm game I, I I could see it sort of going up to up to Nico for there but then again you've got to think of what your plan for, for Cleary is over the next few rounds
2: Yes you mentioned Sam Walker so the Roosters run now is very very friendly so This week they've got the Cowboys, uh, then they've got the Broncos, Warriors, Dragons, Bulldogs, Titans up to round nine. Uh, You won't really get a friendlier six games than that. So Mm. I think the key question you need to ask yourself is, okay, well, I need to go 250K up from Sam Walker or whoever else you might want to 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 Nico. Where else would you be spending that 250K? Can you go to Harry Grant, for instance? and get him in your side can you go you know cheapy up to Bo thermal months how can you spend that how can you spend that that money um elsewhere i i think for non-owners especially if you own sam walker which i think which i know a lot of our listeners do i think you have to take a punt to go right sam could match nico over that six rounds and i'm going to make up ground elsewhere i think that that's just a a place that you kind of you've got to go to for now
3: the other thing with Sam Walker is he's going to get that jewel status jumping in, so if he goes really, really well, you can slot him down to your first or your second choice five eight, and then you can still bring in, uh, still bring in a gun like Cleary, uh, or you know Nico if if something happens over the next few rounds and he drops a bit of cash as well. So I think that's the benefit of him. Keary, you know five eight half already. I'd probably hold on to him for a little bit longer. Uh, but all tough calls. John, you mentioned to me that
2: um, you were a bit cold on Sam Walker just given that Luke Keary is looking
0: the more dominant half at the Roosters. I definitely think it's had an impact on on what we saw from him last year. But when I picked Sam Walker in my team, I, I, that draw that he has coming up was in my plans when I picked him. So I think I've got to stick to the the plan that I picked at the start of the year and you just got to ride him through that and hope that he makes some money and gets some big points and, you don't lose too much to those Hines and Cleary owners.
3: Dan,
2: any of the other uh, any of the other Sharks boys catching your eye this week?
3: Yeah, I think Teague Wilton uh, could be a purchase for anyone uh, wanting that secure second row forward. Got a, got a, some attacking stats in him as well. The only thing around that is Wade Graham's coming back. I'm not sure when. I'd say it's still probably three or four weeks away given the syndesmosis injury. Uh, Braley... I think a few people took it, took a flyer on him last week, and he, he rewarded owners with a high sixty score, sixty-seven, I believe. Trindle still being on the bench there, and McInnes only getting more and more menace. I'd still, uh, I'd still be very wary of bringing him in.
2: Jubes, what about over at the Knights? What are you going to do with Kurt Mann? Um, and Brody Jones is a bit of an interesting one too. Uh, I may as well keep on my role of tipping up uh, semi irrelevant Knights back rows. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Brody Jones uh, could be interesting, but I thought Fitzgibbon isn't that far away now, uh, like only a few weeks. So <laughs> that's why you had to get Burnout last week. To, <laughs> tough to potentially bring him in. Kurt Man is a big hold for me uh, now, and for those that own him, um, I'd love to see him replicate. Not just the attacking stats, but that base output that he was bringing on the weekend. Um, plenty of tackles and, and plenty of um, eight-meter good up. hustle. So good hustle. See how it goes. Yeah,
3: he
2: looked to be like having a proper crack, didn't he? I thought he looked really good. Mm,
1: he copped Probably. one in the in the in the gonads, so that might have fired him up. <laughs> got him going.
2: Forty-eight in base. Got to be got to be pretty happy with that. What about
0: Andrew King? put him somewhere he's too good for this game well the juggler the juggler's come out at rookie
2: um, righto the next game is Panthers and Souths John o, you're a Souths fan so we'll be, we'll be keen to hear what you've got to say here but we've got the big one is Nathan Cleary back in for Sean O'Sullivan at halfback uh, Scotty Sorensen gets a start for Chris Smith who's still knocked out and the bunnies are unchanged. Uh, Jono, first off, good to see Souths hit a bit of form last week.
0: They look great. I mean, I I haven't been someone who's been riding them off the first couple of weeks before that, and they had that tough early draw, and I wasn't too worried. But, geez, they were up for the game last week, and they looked unbelievable. It started to click a little bit for them.
2: Dan, um, Cam Murray really clicked into gear. 80 minutes, 125 points or something like that. If he gets 80 minutes... That's that's a scary proposition.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of bringing him in this week, uh, if you don't have him, uh, I think you've you've got to look at your cash generators. If you think you're generating enough cash, if you've got a few of those cheapies that are coming up this week, I certainly don't mind bringing in Murray, especially after this week their draw is, draw is pretty tasty. So, you know, 70-plus minutes Murray. Um, Jono, you're a big fan. I know Murray.
0: Look, I love Murray. He's South's best player, but I don't think the 80 minutes is sustainable for him. He's obviously going to play origin. He's a smaller body playing in the middle. I think that it wouldn't surprise me if it was a tactic from South to play him 80 minutes in the big games against the big oppositions and when they have the chance to rest him, it wouldn't surprise me if they take that opportunity and potentially resting around the origin period as well. So I think that for the back end of the year, he's someone I'd really, really like to have in my team if he's playing 80 but I do have a lot of questions over how sustainable that is.
3: Yeah, I think it comes back to what we talked about a bit last week is how many guns at top price can you carry. So obviously you're bringing him in for the points. Is uh, He might make, you know, a, you know 80,000 to 100K with his big score and his uh, rolling average at the moment, but you kind of, that's a bit of relevance if you're looking to hold him for the long haul.
2: What about uh, Cody and Cookie Tubes? Um, Cody's probably going to drop a little bit of cash now. Could be right for the picking for, for some super coaches in the next
1: few weeks. Yeah, I think um, he seems to be one that I'd be looking at trading in before they go on that, that big run. Um, missing Cam Munster on the weekend, uh, It it could be too late if you don't if you don't already own him or if you're not going to own him in the next week or so and and obviously cam munster plays origin so at a, at a point it'll be too late whereas cody walker likely not making origin this year uh, so it could be a very good option in about 3 weeks time dan taylor
2: may uh, had a huge game 106 points for his first game of the season He's an obvious trading target uh, you're going to be going early on him this week
3: no, I'll be waiting another round. I, you know, imagine, you know, obviously his, his points after a hat trick on the weekend are huge. He's going to go up in value if he stays on the field. Uh, imagine he goes down with a with an ankle sprain or something like that early this round, uh, and he's out. You're you're absolutely gone. So I just wait wait that one week. Make sure he's going to get the cash, uh, and then bring him in. Bring him in next round.
2: Just as an argument to potentially bring him in this week, I think. He he's incredibly viable to play in your 17. Um, sure. And if you are a little bit short on, on stock and you want to get out some junk, I think he's a quite a nice option to bring in. Now they've got south, so it's not the easiest game, but they do have Cleary back. So, um, yeah, they're still pretty short to win that match. So I think, yeah, I think you're, you're spot on though that, the safer players just to, to see if he comes back. It will be interesting longer term to see if he holds that left wing spot when Big Bad Brian comes back in the team. Like Charlie Staines must be on the chopping block, I would have thought. So that'll be very mm. interesting. Speaking of Cleary, Jono, uh, he's back. We've been waiting for this. He's back on schedule around four. Uh, I think he's about 950K. Very, very tricky to squeeze into any team. Uh, what's your Cleary strategy? Are you expecting that you'll have him in in the next little while or are you going to sit and watch and, and hope?
0: I'm a definite lay when it comes to Nathan Cleary. I think that um, had, he, had we not seen what we've seen last week, the points being down, which they are across the whole NRL, I actually heard from, uh, listened to a pod with the NRL Guru today that it's actually the lowest overall scoring margin for winning teams in over 10 years. Uh, And I do think there's that chance with with that 950 k price tag, there is the chance that he does come down a reasonable amount. And it's also worth saying as well, South's defence has been pretty stingy so far, allowing less than three tries a game. So this might not be a huge start for him coming back from injury. In saying that, he has proven to be pretty match-up proof in the past. So that could all come completely undone by the weekend.
2: Johnny, what's going on, you bringing cold, hard stats and figures to this podcast? We're very much uh, – <laughs> Dan,
1: Dan's, Dan's got a bit of a role to, doing that, but <laughs> – To be fair, he didn't bring them. He just brought them from someone else. He didn't do it himself. <laughs> um, so it, it's not that much of a step up. I'm, I'm definitely not bringing in Cleary this weekend. I can't afford it, um, but – uh, I'm definitely not a lay of Cleary uh, and I'm hoping to get him in, in the next, in the next few weeks. Um, but it, it is tough to try and come up with a strategy as to how to do that. As we just mentioned, Sam Sammy Walker's going on a run. The Schneider is killing it at Canberra. Um, and given that uh, Cleary's only available at halfback, it, it can make it a little bit tough. So, uh, I'd say that most people will be waiting that minimum of three weeks to see if there is a price drop, but I want him in uh, certainly by round, round, round eight um, in my team if possible.
2: Dan, do you think if you did have some spare cash laying around for whatever reason, I know one of the boys in the in the pod pod feedback group has a fair bit of cash seen around, would you say as a bit of a pod play to bring Cleary in this week? And uh, obviously it's expensive, but... Uh, do you think he could uh, live up to that price tag and and is a bit of a pod player to take on Hines, get him get him straight away?
3: Yeah, funnily enough, I was speaking to the um, to the coach of the pod, the Ultra Pod team, uh, and he's he's bringing in Cleary straight up. Uh, he's four and a half percent owned at the moment. I think there's a couple of thousand people that have brought him in, so he's definitely a, definitely a pod option you can bring in. I think. You know, if you're up there in the rankings and you want to be secure, I, I'd say you've got Nico Hines already. So just, just, yep. just wait on him. But, uh, but if you want to take a bit of a, a pod flyer, uh, certainly, you know, if I'm, I'm looking at Mitch Barnett versus Cleary on a flyer scale, I'd probably uh, be happy to take Nathan Cleary. This joke's never going to die. Is it? <laughs> All
2: right, uh, next game: Warriors Broncos on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this is at Redcliffe Stadium, home of the the current Dolphins, not the future Dolphins, but uh, Warriors home for the year. Uh, not much on the team news front. SJ is on the extended bench, so that's that's good. He, he might be back soon. Not uh, Probably not that relevant at the moment. Uh, Murchie for Sirenen. Ellie Katoa is starting uh, back from his HIA. Uh, for the Bronx, Luke Capewell is listed in the reserves. Um so yeah, it's a tough, tough luck for anyone who bought him. In he's, I think he's got a bit of a uh, an ankle problem or something like that. Uh, Tubes, can we get a quick update on your Warriors pods, please?
1: The Warriors pods are officially gone. <laughs> uh, the last over. remaining pod was Montoya, who, I mean, in fairness to him, I don't think has done extremely poorly from his playing out point point of view. But another stupid football move in terms of holding a player down for too long and getting sin-binned on the weekend was probably the final straw. Uh, And he's now got a 20 in his rolling average. So he'll be um, moving out of the the Tubes Pods team for this week. Uh, And that has obviously followed... Valame and Cody Nicarima and basically any Warriors um, player that I've had in the team over the past four weeks. You actually talked
2: me into a Warriors pod last week, Eli Katoa, who was on track to make a a good ton of cash and unfortunately received a HIA. Um, So I'm going to have a good think about moving him straight out of the team this week and we'll we'll chat a bit more about that later on. Dan, your favourites, the Broncos, uh, got absolutely spanked by the Cowboys on the weekend. Very, very popular semi gun katoni stags has flopped again uh ooh, if you were an owner, what would you be doing there?
3: I think if you're an owner, you've got to hold him uh three ninety k and obviously he's got a bit of bit of class about him, but from what I've seen, he's dropping a lot of ball, throwing a lot of passes away and just not getting that uh that that amount of ball that you would want him to for what what most people saw as a top line center wing player so. Uh, on the other side of things, Herbie Herbie Farnworth uh, looking very very nice at the moment. Uh, certainly getting adjusted to NRL after his after his first year last year. Uh, he's probably too overpriced for me to pick him up, but certainly uh, well done to anyone who owns him.
2: Yeah, he's he's back to back eighty four and seventy seven his last two. Yeah, as you say, he's four hundred eighty seven k now. So, a bit too pricey you know, to bring in as a. pod, but well done to anyone who owned him. Uh, Tubes, uh, Tommy Flegler comes back this week. Uh, Are you worried that might have an impact on Payne Haas's rotation?
1: Not particularly. I think Haas will keep his minutes up and and keep his output um, that that he'll be having. And um, if it does, we'll deal with it then. I'm certainly not looking to have any speculations on trading out Payne Haas' No, Uh, I think um, the interesting one that probably one that you were talking to me about, Jono, that piqued my interest is Kobe Hetherington um, and and how that's going to affect his minutes with Flegler coming back or what that's going to look like in the pack.
0: I'm I'm a big Kobe Hetherington guy, both in real-life footy and he's someone I'm considering as like a a sneaky pod cheapy, which isn't something you normally want. But – He's got big base. Uh, He proved that last year. So far this year, he's 1.26 ppm. And I don't know if you guys saw the the game on the weekend, but he went looking for everything when he came on the field. Only played about 35 minutes. I think I'm going to have to avoid him as much as I want him in my team just because I don't know that the minutes are going to be consistently there. But if he is able to snag that starting number 13 jersey, I think he's a real option.
2: I think outside of Payne Haas, you just don't want to go near that Broncos middle rotation at the moment. There's yeah, just too many, I agree, too many bodies in there to take up not enough minutes. So Paddy Carrigan's another one who's actually quite a, started the year quite brightly. Kobe's looking good. Flegler, as I mentioned, is back this week. Um, Palac has moved to the edge for Capewell, but um, he's still floating about. And, and Ryan James Dan is starting uh, front row as well this week.
3: Yeah, it's just too congested there. Uh, I, I agree with Jono. I like him as a rugby league player, Kobe, but just just way too congested. And with Flecker back now, you don't you don't kind you don't really know what the rotation's going to be.
2: Jono, uh, rounding this game out, is there anyone else from the Warriors who who's who you've got your eye on?
0: I think one that hasn't rated too much of a mention on on your pod so far is Adam Finuah Blake. He's got pretty decent ownership in the front row. Um, one interesting thing about him is that his minutes are really – they're actually up this year. He's, he's sitting almost at 60 minutes a game. The only thing is that this year as well is the offload seems to have been put away, whereas last year he was offloading at will. I'm not sure if it's a directive from, from Nathan Brown, but minutes are up, offloads are down. I've seen online that a lot of the AFB owners are thinking about selling this week, but for me he's someone that with those minutes up, I think you just hold him and see how he goes and see how that progresses
2: yeah, he's someone who can who can hurt you, and we've seen him in the past. He can he can be quite devastating. So yeah, I'd have to be I'd have to be with you there. Uh, Saturday five thirty. Uh, sorry, Saturday. Yeah, five thirty. Getting confused there. Uh, Manly versus Raiders from Mudgee. Uh, so Manly finally got a win on the board. They've got no changes this week. Dan Nick Cottrick comes back, the bane of your Supercoach season to date. How are you feeling about Nick?
3: Well, I don't think – he might not even be back. You don't know. If you're going to name him three weeks in a row, uh, you know, laid out, it meant that I had to keep the hammer on the weekend uh, because he was out again, which, you know, I didn't want to do and, and rightly so, and he scored 20s. But, you know, what are you going to do?
1: Uh, Matt. Tubes. Sorry, Yep. Tubes. I just wanted to jump in here before you throw to me, and this is a public <laughs> service announcement <laughs> around <laughs> Ethan Bullymore.
2: Um <laughs> Trying to take control of the narrative.
1: <laughs> I was uh, Trumpy, Trumpy. I was given some uh, some I believe some false footage prior to his first start. Um, thought he looked a lot better than he did uh, after that first game, despite the try that got us all up and about for us Bullymore owners. It, it wasn't looking good, and uh, and the weekend certainly confirmed it. He is straight out of my team this week, and I encourage the other owners to do the same.
0: Oh. Tubes, is someone that you convinced and talked into buying Bullymore in, in your pre-season pod where you looked at the second row, there's a little bit of a feeling amongst many of us who you talked into that you're Chris Rock and all of us Bullymore owners, a Will Smith coming to give you a big slap around the chops.
3: <laughs> Rightly well, so.
1: And, and I'll take it exactly as Chris Rock did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time that you've bitch slapped like me across the face, you <laughs> So it's cost you a
2: case of beer as well tubes from loyal listener
1: uh, yeah so look i just wanted to get that get that out of the way and then we can move on with the rest of the podcast from there
2: another one who was who yeah beyond bullymore well, you've done it right there tubes i've got nothing else to say on on bullymore i'm sure it'll come up again at some point another one who was pretty disappointing dan was uh was big Homale Olakawatu, who i brought in last week he he uh he got benched for a little while and and only managed to thirty five uh are you comfortable enough with him still
3: yeah I'm still optimistic if If you watch that game, it was very, very wet uh very very much like trench warfare style. He was gassed as well with with that sort of that sort of play, so he he actually went off and had a bit of a breather. I did like that Desi put him back on after only like a ten minute break uh and I think he still got those attacking stats in him, so I think what we saw on the weekend was his absolute flaw.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm I'm definitely going to be holding sixty six minutes. Not the it's not the end of the world if he gets that thirty five in base uh, thirty five score, which was all base. So yeah, look, he'll he'll pick up. He's got he's got um he's got a bigger high upside, and I'm happy to be an owner. Uh, we saw a Turbo a little bit of a return to form, uh, which was good. Uh, Jono, you're a you're a Canberra native. Uh, you have got to be, you know, I know they're kind of your second team. You have got to be pretty happy with uh, with that the form of Brad Schneider. Uh, he looks like a as a, you know must must
0: have this week. Schneider looks unbelievable. I think if you don't have him, he's another one that you have to get. But I think that most people do have him, so it shouldn't be too much of a concern. He's another one who looks. He's tall. He's rangy. He's he's up for work, and he looks like a really good kicker too. So I know there were Raiders fans who, when they signed. Jamal Fogarty, were actually disappointed because it meant that Schneider wasn't potentially going to be in that seven jersey. So he, he's living up to the hype so far.
3: Just one for you, Jono. Do you play Schneider against the gun teams? I know they got Manly this week. They got Melbourne next. Are you happy with him in your seventeen?
0: I don't think I would be, to be honest. I don't know that Raiders have shown enough in attack consistently to, to show that he's going to be worth it because a lot of his points are going to come from kicks, and I'm not convinced they're going to get the tries to... Warrant that, so I think he might be someone who's a little bit match-up dependent at the time for the time being.
2: Sure, it's a pretty interesting call because not squads aren't that deep at the moment. So yeah, it's probably down to someone like him or a Tuolagi from Tigers or something like that. Anyway, but yeah, that's a that's an interesting one um, for owners, and i I I think I'd be happy enough to play him, but but I'll make that decision later in the week. Dan, anyone else from that game, Manly Raiders, who you wanted to chat about?
3: I think. Just looking at Manley's draw, it's, it's pretty tasty. And I've been f- been looking at some of the guys who definitely haven't been performing early in the first three rounds but can go on a bit of a flyer. Uh, talking about, you know, super pods, uh, I think Jason Saab is dropping money again this week. Uh, he's going to be in the 300Ks. Uh, we know from last year he can get those uh, two-try, two three-try games uh, and can get his price up pretty pretty quickly so i'd just be watching him uh and i think he, he is definitely a pod option maybe next week uh dylan walker not is the me. other one not yeah
1: for, sorry not
2: for look, me, not I'm for telling me Jason you, Star. we're the
3: pod pod just watch he's him. he's
2: a big wave he's a we spoke about the manly wave last week he's a big wave rider he needs people
1: start calling us the poo pod <laughs> 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 ones like that <laughs> oh, look
3: yeah okay so the other one, Dylan Walker, looks very impressive off the bench. Uh, minutes are a little bit of concern, but he's, again, 300-and-something K, centre wing, uh, second row forward dual, Uh Could be a little pot option if, you, if you're desperate as well.
2: Very good. Obviously as well, Tom Starling, someone that I'm looking at this week um, with Harry Grant as well. It's a bit tough. He looked pretty good for his 70 points, jagged a couple of attacking stats, which was positive, even though he started on the bench. Minutes were still good. Once he came on he stayed on uh, yeah I'm, I'm keen on on Kotrick, uh, on, Kotrick, on Starling to uh, to fill my second hooker slot yeah longer term uh, Cowboys roosters is the late game on Saturday uh, cows are unchanged roosters have done some bed shuffling Angus Crichton remains on the bench tubes you're our resident cowboys expert um, how uh, how are you feeling about your big Tommy Gilbert purchase last week
1: I'm very happy with it. Um, 53 points, pretty much mostly base um, in output. And again, I thought he looked really good. Um, It it looks like they've got a bit of a plan where they play him on the edge for the majority of the game, but then he spends about 15 minutes into the middle um, at the back end of the game as well uh, when Lukey, et cetera, comes on. Uh, the, uh, The probably less upside than, say, a... Nana uh, or Nana um who <laughs> scored me, three tries me, on the me, weekend Nana uh, he looked um so he's he's obviously not as quite as much in base, but jeez I, I, with a with a kick friendly half like Chad who just loves putting boot to ball on the second and third tackles, he looks a he looks he looks pretty good uh, under those high balls
2: he couldn't crack a ton with a hat trick that's a bit concerning you'd probably want to see that from a back rower he's obviously not even if he is a big try scorer he's not going to get hat tricks mm. all the
1: time bit of a bit of a and uh, N- 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 sorry nicora feel about him like you know potentially some really good attacking uh, stats uh, in his first full season in, in first grade as before before teams sort of figure him out a little bit and, and the way that he plays.
2: He's 19 as well. Yeah, like he he looks, could be a freak.
3: Looks an absolute yeah. gun uh, for real life. Uh, and yeah, three tries and just cracking the ton. I think uh, he, he's going to generate cash, so there's, there's no real risk in bringing him in for sure. And if you really like yeah. the look of him, uh, yeah, get him in. I think
1: yeah, certainly um, if I was making a trade this week out of him and Gilbert, uh, Nana obviously is going to generate a bit more cash over the next period of time. But uh, I do feel – I am feeling pretty good about Gilbert as a longer-term uh, cash cash generator uh, that you can play in your 7A.
2: Jono, someone who was on no one's radar, I think it would be fair to say, maybe a bit more than Chad Town- Townsend, but but would, would be close, is uh, – Tom Dearden. Now, young Thomas is averaging 78 points per game to start the season. Did you see that coming?
0: I don't think anyone did. I was someone who was shocked that Drinkwater didn't make the starting 17. So I think he smacks of trap. There's, I mean, unless you want to flip him quickly for for some cash and move him on, there's absolutely no way I'd be bringing him in this week.
2: Yeah, break even of minus 27. Yeah, they've got a pretty tough run.
3: Yeah. Yeah, from what I've seen of the Cowboys, uh been watching pretty closely with Hammer, Hiku, uh, Lolo in the side, he does love to sell the candy. So he loves to throw the dummy and have a little run himself. Uh, which obviously this year, he's just just getting that base up as a halfback. And then I think he's had five try assists in the first three games. Yeah. So, you know, he's got he's gone from a, a forty point average guy to you know, 70 points, obviously a bit of an outlier. Uh, if you think the Cowboys are going to sustain a bit of a run, uh, then I don't see it as a bad play bringing them in. But, you know, as we've talked about, Nico Hines, uh, Cleary, there's so many other, um, Munster gun halves that you can bring in this week, uh,
2: yeah, it's it's, it's too tough. risky to, to be to be stuffing around flipping four hundred and fifty k halfbacks.
3: Uh, rounding out the cows chat,
2: uh, Ruben Cotter came in and looked good for about sixty points at a point per minute. Uh, and Tamalolo, whilst had a pretty brilliant first half, looked like we were going to get what we wanted to see there. Tubes it, uh, it it faded pretty quick, and I'll be selling Tamalolo this week.
1: Yeah, I think he. Um... He he looked good. He played the first fifty three minutes straight, basically, didn't he? And then went off for for another extended period of time. So I mean, it doesn't bode well. But I mean, he did look better uh, football wise. Uh, But yeah, not not an option, super coach. Yeah, he's
2: still just not getting those big um, tackle bus stats that were really and offloads that were that were driving him up. Or you know, for a good five years there. and I'll be, I'll be happy enough to see him go out of my side. Uh, Dan, the Roosters. So obviously they had a, they had a tough loss on the weekend. Uh, I actually missed that game. I was out. But I was pleasantly surprised when I woke up on Saturday morning to see that my Roosters had not scored terribly. Um, and we referenced earlier that they have a very, very strong run coming up. And I know there's one particular Rooster that you're looking at potentially bringing in this week.
3: Yeah, certainly if you're looking for that sort of gun-secure centre wing option, um, Daniel Tupu at 520k uh, can certainly bring him in. Uh, as to lock away a centre winger, and also thinking of their run, they're gonna they're gonna get he's gonna get some points. Uh, I really like that he gets one try and he goes seventy plus, so you know his base yep. is gonna be there. Uh, you know he can jag two tries and go over a hundred. I don't think many centre wingers can do that. So uh, yeah, if you if you look at that run, I'd be very comfortable bringing him in this week. Yeah,
2: I think you could expect that sort of four to five five try range for those next six fixtures that are really, really, um, you know, lucrative for the Roosters. Um, we spoke about Sam Walker a fair bit in depth throughout the pod so far. I'll be holding him uh, and hoping, uh, I, you know, unless anything drastic happens between now and, and Nico Hines' game. Uh, but Nat Butcher sort of continues to get the job done for, for anyone who, you know, brought him in last week. Jono, um, did, did you end up bringing in that Butcher?
0: Didn't even consider him as an option, Matt. I just, I'm too concerned with with Crichton sitting there on the bench. Surprisingly, I think most people expected Crichton to still come on and play pretty significant minutes. Ended up playing about 35 minutes from memory. Yeah. So that's an interesting one to watch because obviously he's, he's one of the premier back rowers in the game. So I think with Butcher, he's not cheap. Um, he's scoring well. He's making money, but I just think it's a matter of time till he's no longer in that starting lineup.
3: What are your thoughts on Crichton, Dan? Yeah, so obviously Super Gun in the past, historically, going to be uh, going to be a good player if he gets the minutes. I think there's a bit of chat around Tupanua's performance hasn't been quite up to standard. He's defensively, they've put him next to Sam Walker, which is a pretty tough job as it is. But uh, you know, if he gets dropped, if Crichton loses 100, 150k and comes back on that left left edge, uh, he's certainly a pickup for me. But at the moment, you know, I'd I'd probably be looking to get him out of my side.
2: Yeah, I think he's a clear sell for now. I'm I'm very glad to have gotten rid of him last week. Uh, Sunday afternoon, Storm versus Bulldogs. Uh, some some major changes for the Storm side. Harry Grant comes straight back into the team, recovering from COVID. Jing holds his spot at lock, and the cheese is benched. Xavier Coates comes back in on the wing. I know that hurt you a bit on the weekend, Tubes. And for the dogs, Corey Woodell starts in the back row for Jack Hetherington, who's out for up to a month. Uh, Tubes, I'll start with you. Jing, what are you thinking for Jing?
1: Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) Josh King. Oh, Josh King. um Yeah. Yeah, so Josh King, uh, very interesting to see him start at lock. Wasn't expecting that uh, and makes him a bit more interesting. Uh, Again, very good for those that jumped on already or have been owning him throughout the season, but probably just has that hesitance to potentially buy him to come in this week with Cheese sitting there on the bench and not knowing what that rotation and the fact that Nelson Asafa solomona didn't seem to get suspended. But great to see Sunday afternoon, Grant back, Coates back. I'm very tempted to do Pappy with the C on him this week as well against the Bulldogs. I'm, I'm going to be very excited for this game.
2: Yeah, it should be a cracker. Jono, we spoke about it at the game on Saturday that – Bellamy is the type of coach who he likes to give minutes to guys he trusts. Now he clearly has a level of trust in Josh King that not many of others have seen before, and he's been rewarded that through through Jing's performances. Can you see Jing's minutes maintaining? Maybe even if it's not up to where they've where they've kind of been at that um, you know sixty five minute level. But is he a guy who Bellamy might be able to still run out even from the bench for for fifty five minutes?
0: Look, I think. 55, if he gets to the bench, might be a little bit of overs, but I could see him sitting in that 40 to 45 mark quite easily. I think even if Brandon Smith, the cheese, does move back to lock, he still becomes part of that front row rotation. I know at the game on Saturday and then Saturday night when we went out for a feed afterwards, I spent the whole time justifying why I was right to not bring in Jing after the game. I am completely backflipping. I think I'm going to bring him in this (laughs) week. I just see him as a low-risk way to make some money. I mean, at at the very worst, he gets... 35 to 40 minutes, still keeps pushing at 30s for a couple of weeks, makes a little bit more cash. But I do think, Matt, there is that potential of what you said, and, and Bellamy definitely has a history of that.
3: If you're bringing him in there, Jono, uh, do you have to play him as a starting front row forward?
0: No, I've got Fenua Blake and Hass, so I won't have to. It's actually going to come from Tubes' boy, Ethan Bullamore. He's going to be my way of bringing in Gene
3: yeah for me uh, just being front row forward only i would have to bring him in to start uh so i don't i don't really where i am in the, in the points at the moment I, I don't really want to take that risk on him i feel people have gotten lucky buying him early uh you're not going to see a front row forward get you know those try assists that he got on the weekend very often so good on you but i'm uh, i'm i'm happy to leave him out now
2: Dan, I'll stick with you just for a moment. Um, Bulldogs were pretty disappointing, I thought, even though they nearly beat the the Seagulls on the weekend. Uh, a tough, tough watch for TPJ owners. Only managed thirty points in forty six minutes. Corey Woodell's someone who I know, you know, might not be a trading option this week, but he's come onto your radar.
3: A little bit. I think he's he's kind of in that range of Firmer, Teague, Wilton yeah i i for me i i don't i think you can write off the points in that manly bulldogs game um so look i'm gonna gonna watch him i don't think i've got too much interest in bringing him into my side personally but certainly a watch if he gets that 80 minute uh edge spot tpj zero offloads on the weekend uh super wet not gonna suit him at all uh probably good for him dropping a bit of cash now because I think you'll want him at some stage, either as that, you know, second front row forward or even third front row forward option going forward.
2: Tubes, a couple of your boys are back in, Harry and Coates. uh, Welcome relief after last week.
1: Yeah, good to see him. Good to see him back and just in time for the Bulldogs. So be certainly watching that team news on the weekend to make sure that they're playing.
2: Just on Harry, um, Dan, how important do you think he is? I mean, he looks head and shoulders the best option at hooker.
3: One game, uh, he did get a lot of attacking stats uh, and Melbourne was so on top when he was was going forward. Obviously, he's an absolute gun uh, and it's pretty safe to bring him in. I'm going to give it one more week just to watch and I think Josh King at lock... Cheese off the bench, that may have some sort of impact on Harry's rotation as well. I I can probably see it's going to be more likely that one of the other front row forwards has less time. Like uh, Nass probably gets less time. Josh King moves into that front row forward sort of position and Cheese gets sort of 60 minutes at at lock. But, you know, if there is a chance that Cheese, you know, brings – takes Harry off uh, if they're smashing the bulldogs you know I, I think it's 644k it's still a, still quite a fair bit of cash to spend uh, particularly when he's not gonna uh when you've only seen one game
2: yeah I think there'll be I think there'll be some really low minute so Trent loiro Lou tubes I've had a, had one of your moments there Teo Moroa Alex Mc, Alec McDonald I think that they will they will be very low minute options for Bellamy so I think I can see kind of cheese, sort of forty-five to fifty at lock, and maybe fifteen at hooker, uh, and Grant probably sixty-five minutes. Uh, but we'll, yeah. we'll have to see. I mean,
1: I, I, I'm a bit opposite to Dan. I think Dan's possibly a little bit wishing he owned Grant uh, <laughs> and and hoping for the best. I've seen Grant <laughs> play more than one NRL game, and he's uh, fantastic. player he's possibly in the top five players in the competition not just the best hooker in the competition and i'm expecting him to have a huge game this weekend and, and kick off uh and and average very highly this season
2: last game of the round eels versus dragons sunday evening dragons were pretty dire against the sharkies on the weekend uh They've got a couple of changes. Matty Fianney comes in on the wing for Cody Ramsey, who's injured. Jaden Sewer is suspended and he's replaced by Jack Jetski in the second row. Uh, For the Eels, uh, Matto is back on the bench uh, replacing Razor Ray Stone, two-try hero. Um, (laughs) And uh, It's good to see Ray Stone go out in a blaze of glory. That's his last game (laughs) ever for the Eels. He's off to the Dolphins (laughs) next year after that prelim final last year where he he, he got confused and thought the, the footy was a cake of soap um, and forgot how to pass. Um, it was good to see him, you know, have his moment in the sun. Could be the top moment of his career, but well done, Ray Stone. He deserved, he deserved it. Very sad to see him go down. Uh, Jono, uh, Dragons, uh, some real floppers there last week. Uh, I thought uh, Tyrell Sloan, I thought I'm surprised he didn't get dropped.
0: I, can I ask you guys, Cody Ramsey not in the tennis week, Matt, did you say he was he's hurt? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, he is. He's he's done I think he's done a hammy. Cause I watching that game, I mean I, I was texting you guys in the WhatsApp during it and Sloan got moved out of fullback and Cody got moved back there at one point. So I th- he's probably can count himself lucky that Ramsey got hurt because otherwise he might not be in that team. Yeah. Dan, did you end up trading Cody Ramsey uh, sorry, Tyrell Sloan last week?
3: Yeah, I did. Uh Straight out, so and and happy to. Uh, even though my guys that I brought in, Oluquatu, uh, Yao, that didn't score exceptionally. i uh, still happy to happy to get him out.
0: I think the big one there, Tubes, and I know you're an owner as well, Zach Lomax. I mean, there's obviously some disappointing dragons there, but. Lomax has looked absolutely unbelievable. Like he's he's doing it with solid base, almost at 40 a game. He goal kicks. He actually hasn't featured that much in the attacking stats with the first three games to be getting the kind of scores he is. Like he had a try of a kick, he's had a try assist, but he looks absolutely unbelievable in real life rugby league and for yeah. super coach this year.
1: Yeah, I think he he looks like he may have taken that next step and he's he looks very good, very fit, uh, and possibly even a little bit biz, uh, uh, bigger. It reminds me a bit of a of a of a Gaznia style center. Um, very impressed with him, and I think he is the only relevant super coach player. And I'm going to be very interested as a Sharks fan to see where the Dragons go from here. With you know Anthony Griffin as their coach, and possibly no more uh, COVID house parties to use as an excuse this year um, when things go wrong.
2: Uh, the other relevant dragon there is uh, Amone. Dan probably looks a, a sell now. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to make a lot of money. Would you be urgent to get him out or probably can just let him sit there?
3: I'm not an owner, but it's a really tough decision for owners. Um, you know, still starting 5'8, awkwardly priced. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, John, o, you might have a better read on what to do with him.
0: Dan I, I am an owner, and I think for me this week he's a hold and see how he goes he's he's pretty much priced at where he's averaging, so if you let him sit there he's not going to lose you anything uh, I, and you hope that he goes in that run. I think if he has another really disappointing game this week, Taylor May's sitting right there for me to trade down from aono yeah. down to him and bank that cash
3: yeah, I think yeah. sounds like a pretty yeah. solid plan yeah pretty easy I think if you' maybe if you're looking at uh, Tuolangi for him. But otherwise, I, I probably wouldn't be trying to upgrade him higher up and spending that extra cash. I'd, I'd do what you said and just wait and then downgrade him for another cheapie.
2: Tubes, you mentioned at the top of the show uh, how good Dylan Brown looked in the flesh. I take it that you're quite keen on him this week.
1: Yeah. Um, bit of probably some regret trading um, of what could have been uh, talked about many people into him at the start of the year, but didn't start with him somehow myself. Um, And uh, he, yeah, watching him in person on the weekend, he looked unbelievable. But, I mean, even just going back over his first three rounds, um, looked really good in round two and the score reflected it, looked really good in round three and the score reflected it, and actually looked really good in round one until – uh, Brad Arthur decided to move him to centre to bring his son um, on to play 5-8 uh, as part of that reshuffle. So I, I, I feel like that is possibly a low risk of happening now uh, and I'm very keen to get him in.
0: that on that, I've got to thank you guys. You guys in your preseason pods talked me into starting with Dylan Brown. He was not on my radar at all and then none of you owned him, so much appreciated <laughs> on that front. Um, Brad Arthur playing Jake at 5'8", reminiscent of when my dad made me 5'8 and captain in the under-12 Bs and we went on to go. Uh, we didn't win a game that year, so a little bit of a throwback <laughs> for Jake Arthur in that regard <laughs> in the in amount you, of success he had. Was that the year they let Tubes play on your team? Tubes had a dispensation yeah. to play down. Unfortunately, wasn't able to boost us to any <laughs> standing.
1: Well, to be fair, I had it the year before as well, Jono, and took us to the grand final, and then it was really your 5-8 shift that was the main <laughs> difference the
3: following year, I believe. It's a big change. Just just on the um, on the Parramatta bench, obviously uh, Arthur nowhere near it at the moment, but Madison coming back and Nathan Brown in the side now puts those two second row forwards of Cartwright and Madison on the bench, Matt, do you think there's any risk that uh, Papa is 80 minutes maybe in doubt?
2: Just from what we've seen, you you wouldn't have thought so, but yeah, I mean that bench structure doesn't look great for him. I don't think Bryce has actually. I stand. I stand to be corrected, but I don't think Bryce has played a game this year. So it'll be interesting to see if he holds that spot on the bench. Um, Nathan Brown's obviously still been eased back in minutes-wise as well. Um, I think he was a little bit down. I didn't notice him much on the weekend at the ground, um, but yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm not worried. I mean, I'm really happy to be an IPAP owner. I just you know yeah he he looks like he looks like an absolute premium front row forward. For the season. He's a big man.
3: Yeah, for me, big, big human. Looking at, like, watching football, looking at the numbers, uh, IPAP has been the most impressive, uh, even on a Super Coach front. He has zero tries, zero try assists, huge base. Obviously, premium price, but I would, I would love him in my team, and I'm, I'm looking to either go up to him this week. Just to lock him away, or possibly getting getting one of those mid uh like a Dylan Brown or or a um, a firm or an, and hopefully getting some points as well as a little bit of cash. But yeah, geez, I'd love IPAP in there. Yeah,
2: the probably the other one there who's who hasn't really hit the heights he did last year and is a, a bit of a problem um, is Reed Marnie, and. Uh, I was keen to get your take, Jono, on Reed Marnie. He's coming off for of 39 on the weekend. Uh, 554k. Got to probably think there might be better options there.
0: I think there's actually this year a wealth of hooking options. So if I was a Reed Marnie owner, and I don't know how well owned he is, but I'd, I'd be looking to sell to one of many options. I, I do wonder if maybe the, the rules this year and the slowing down of the game is meaning he's not getting out of dummy half as much and not getting as many attacking opportunities. Off. Get him off the field. That was diabolical.
2: Well, that sees our team chat out for for the week. Uh, given we've gone a bit over time. Now, we've gone a bit over time with our team analysis for this week. So we're going to, you know, we, we chatted a fair bit about the strategic stuff in there. So we're going to skip over that this week and get straight to Who Would You Rather, our new and most popular new segment. Jono, we'll start with you. We've got a three-way go here. Nanai versus Furmore versus Teague Wilton.
0: Uh, strong on Firmor there. I think the other two, Wilton with Graham to come back and the question mark's over how long he'll hold that downfall. And uh, watch me Nanai because I just think that he doesn't have the base upside and he doesn't have the dual position that Firmor does. Tubes Cleary versus Nico
2: Hines.
1: I think if I was getting either in this week, I'd be getting in Nico Hines, but I'm a long-term Cleary, um, Cleary fan.
3: Dan, IPAP versus Cam Murray. For me, IPAP. Uh, I don't think Murray's going to sustain that many attacking, and as Jono said, is a bit of a risk for his for his minutes going down against the lesser teams, so IPAP.
2: I feel IPAP's a bit of a pod. At the. Uh, he'll be a bit of a pod as well, like amongst kind of – the better super coaches out there. He wasn't like super popular to start, so yeah, I'm very happy to own him. Uh, update on the template versus pod teams. So, big update this week: the coach of the templates has been sacked due to not turning up, <laughs> um, and the template team has unfortunately had to forfeit their 2022 super coach season. So, this will be the last update on the template team. Better news on the pod team, Dan. Uh, what can you tell us there?
3: Yeah, the pod team's going going quite strong, as we know. There's going to be some a bit of rocks and diamonds. Unfortunately, they traded out um, because they don't get those cash generators as much. They got to kind of be a bit more astute with their with their flipping. So they flipped out Val Holmes, which is a bit unfortunate oh, for no. his ton. Uh, you know, but you know, still got some some ultra pods in there. They brought in Connor Tracy, and unfortunately, he's injured. But they're going to keep him. Uh, I think he he showed a bit while he was on the park. Last week, uh, so this week they're looking at uh, bringing in Nathan Cleary for Sammy Walker. I think just doing that because we're all holding Sammy Walker, so just flipping that, and then uh, because Connor Connor uh, Connor Tracy is injured, going to get rid of the other Connor in Connor Watson uh, and bring in Ultra Pod Dylan Walker just to see how that goes.
2: <laughs>
3: wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is ultrapod. Yeah.
2: So. All right. Thanks for that, Dan. Uh, now it's time for the angriest segment of the week. It's We've got a little spin, though, tonight because we've brought Jono on the pod. Instead of Tubes' as tirade, we're actually going to give it a try, tu- tirade at Tubes. So, Jono, can you please take it away for us?
0: The first episode you guys recorded, you went through a little bit of the history of your games and Dan, obviously, a very impressive history with a third-place finish. And one thing really stood out to me about Tubes when he was giving his his rundown of his history in Supercoach and he said to you boys that, yeah, my overall rankings have never been that high because i, I focused a lot on my head-to-head game and that impacts my overall ranking. And that stood out to me because... <laughs> for years, Tubes has been saying to me, mate, my head-to-head game hasn't been going that well because I'm focusing on my overall ranking. So I just wanted to hold Tube to task for that and just hear a bit of his feedback because it's interesting that he's failed at both forms of the game, yet his excuse is, is quite identical on either side.
1: Yeah, look, I, um, there is a little bit to that. So I am a very focused overall player to start the year Um, and this season is no different that I've started poorly um, and my (laughs) pods haven't come off Uh, and typically usually by about round – Round sort of ten through to fifteen, I turn my attention back to the head-to-head game, uh, and by playing in both worlds, I typically fail in both worlds because I'm not actually <laughs> focusing on either from a strategy perspective. But my main intention is to go well overall as a, as as a um, as an overall player. It's only really when I start going poorly that I switch to head-to-head, which unfortunately has happened every year. Um, so far I guess the only thing that I that I would say and we've talked about this as well Jono and I think we've talked about it a fair bit in the strategy as well uh, is there's you've got to find that balance between having the pods and also having the the template style players and I think my uh my style of play and my style of living lends itself to going too many pods. And, uh, and one year I'm confident it will pull off, but it's not this year and uh, and it hasn't been before.
3: Seems to be a common theme with Tubes uh, in this pod. He's, he's loving creating this this narrative that in the real world doesn't exist, but certainly uh, <laughs> certainly uh, feels like he's got excuses for everything.
1: Pod by name, pod by nature. <laughs>
2: uh, it's been a, it's been a long episode tonight, guys, but it's been an absolute ripper. Um, really getting stuck into the season now. It's getting exciting. Uh, looking forward to a bit more footy this weekend, Jono. Really great to have you on the on the show. Can't wait to have you on again later in the year.
0: Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Cheers. And tubes and tubes and Dan, thank you, and we'll uh, we'll see you again next week. Best of luck on the weekend. Yeah, thank you, Maddie.
1: You beauty.